This is Jesper. I'm from DAD, and you're listening to Sonic Perspectives. Please enjoy. Rock fans from all over the world. I am Rodrigo Altaf, once again reporting for Sonic Perspectives. I have on the line today a founding member of the Danish rock band DAD, the lead singer Jesper Binzer. Jesper, it's great to have you here with us today. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Uh, where are you located right now? Are you in Denmark? Right now, I'm looking out into some beautiful weather in Copenhagen, Denmark. So it's, it's summer here and it's lovely. Awesome, man. I'm here in Toronto where it's summer, but I think it's not exactly summer because it's very cold today. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping the sun will come eventually. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are here, of course, to talk about the new album, A Prayer for the Loud. How's the reception to it going so far? Oh, we've got great reviews, actually. There's, there's, there are a lot of four stars and a lot of five stars reviews so and that's just the danish press so we're very happy about it it seems like people are uh, happy that at last dad <laughs> showed up with an album yeah. and it seems like they understand where we've been and where we're heading so that's just great uh-huh. well i wrote a review as well i don't know if you read it for sonic perspectives and i'm glad that you guys are back and to be honest you fell off my radar for a few years i i lost contact with the band you know moved on to other things but i'm glad to have reconnected Right now, so. definitely. I mean, that's. I mean, being a band out of Copenhagen, Denmark, is. It's not like definitely. It's not the center of the world. So I mean, we try as much as we can, but uh, that's the thing about the 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 DAD thing. It's it's a schizophrenic career because I mean we're totally mainstream in our home, small home country. So uh, we've got uh, fans. We've got a lot of dialogue going on. We've got a lot of people know who knows exactly who we are in Denmark and it, it I mean to a, to a degree it pays our bills as well mm-hmm. so um, whenever um, the outside world is not uh, uh, totally digging DAD we have a perfect little career going on here uh, more or less <laughs> in obscurity right. but uh, I mean this time around it definitely feels like there's a third or fourth wind going on in Europe and uh, it seems like with a little luck that we can come, uh, we can uh, come to the Americas uh, next year as well. So, uh, I mean, we're back, we're back out there. Mm-hmm. And I understand that the genesis of the new album was a little different than your standard process because it took you guys uh, several years to finalize it, right? That's right. I mean, we. We, of course, we lied to the record company and said, oh, yeah, we're ready in six months. And we, that kept on for like two or three years. Uh, I mean, the, the, the reasons for the long delay, there's, there's several, of course. I mean, first of all, it's not like uh, it's not like it used to be with albums. It's uh, People are still calling us and, and, and want us to, to come out and play regardless of a yeah. new album or, or not. So uh, that's been a part of it. But that's also been the part that, uh, I mean, we've been rock stars for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it seems like at one point, it, what looks good on you when you're 27 doesn't really look good on you when you're 53. So <laughs> we had to recalibrate, you know, some of our lives and, and lifestyles. And uh, there was some kind of 
hangover going on as well in those years. Right. So uh, I mean, it's it's just life, and it's been um, it's for me it's been great because I had the time to make a solo album. I mean, there was suddenly there was like twelve months off, and I jumped straight into it. Uh, uh, to make a solo album that's been great and it's been great on, on, on a lot of levels because now I can actually go to the rehearsal space with the guys without uh, you know being stressed a bit without being oh let's let's do this let's do that I right. could actually I could actually because I made my own stuff I had this uh, this almost calm Mm-hmm. I'm not calm, but almost calm in, 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 in meeting up with the other guys. Right. And, well, having read that you guys took this long to write it, I was expecting a heterogeneous result, but it sounds incredibly tight and cohesive. And I think that sticking to your identity played a huge part in that. Am I correct? Definitely. Of course. It's, it's I mean, we've been experimenting a lot, and we've enjoyed it very much. And, and we've played any kind of music, maybe not a, a reggae song, but all kinds of music. We just felt that we had the right to do whatever we wanted when we've you know, been doing this for so many years. But this time around, when we pushed the, the deadline so many times, and in the end we found out, okay, so what is it that we really want to do? So can we make a sharp profile? Can we make something that's, that is, is instantly recognizable as DAD so that we both can bring in you know, the old fans and, and the new times mm-hmm. that was maybe a, like the headline for it but on the other hand you just write your songs and you do what you do what you need to remember though is that it has to be it has to be pages of your diary so uh, so uh, songs that was made eight years ago doesn't really count because that's not I mean it's not uh, up to date in that sense so we had more or less to start from scratch uh, two years ago, which was perfect because we had a lot of music in us. I mean, that was uh, 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 the whole deal with it. I mean, we had a lot of music that, that needed and wanted to come out, but we not, we just need to, uh, the four of us to be on the same page. Right. And uh, how do you guys split the writing duties? I mean, who brings melodies, who brings riffs, who writes lyrics and so on? <laughs> Everybody brings something different every time. And it's uh, we split everything in four equal parts. Okay. And it, it, so if you have like two months in, in some kind of production, uh, it's very easy to see that one guy has made the most of it. But two more months down the line, you find out that there was another guy who made most of it. And then six months later, it was the third guy that actually made the. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's like it, it turns out that it's perfectly uh, uh, right. And as it should be that we split it four ways because all four of us contribute uh, equal to it. Right, and I think uh, splitting four ways or splitting equally plays a huge part in you guys staying together all these years because money can ruin a good band, right? Definitely. Yeah. Also, I mean, ego ruins a good band every day, and, and, and <laughs> yeah. that happens with DAD as well. But uh, when you try to eliminate the ego by splitting everything four ways, so it doesn't matter which song is the first single, it doesn't matter how uh, which song is going to be played the most everybody gets equal out of it and this is a a much better way artistically to look at stuff instead of uh, i mean uh, suddenly you get caught up in in, in you want your own song on the radio and uh, everybody knows what that i mean everybody understands it but maybe your own song is not the best song yeah well it makes sense well, let's talk about a few songs on the album, if you can. Uh, uh, the first yeah. one uh, is Burning Stars, which kicks things off uh, with the signature DAD sound. 
Did you place this one uh, first on the album on purpose? No, I mean, that's not, I mean, you never really look at it from a distance when you're in the middle of it. I mean, Uh I mean, it's, it's hard to do it and everything changes. It has, what you have to do though, is to stay open and, and don't pin anything down until the very last moment. Just do what the song tells you to do, do what the song requires. And then in the end, preferably with a producer, you find out which songs first and you find out what's the actually the general color of the general feeling of this album. Mm-hmm. Because if you start out doing, it's going to be like a concept thing. And then the songs themselves are not so interesting. And um, um, I mean, of course, concept albums and the way of doing it the other way around has some some uh, merit to it. But we are a rock and roll band. And so we start off with the emotions, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I love the title track too, that starts slow and then builds up into this monstrous track with an amazing chorus. Tell us a bit about this one, if you can, and what came first, the song or the album name? Uh, the album name it came uh, separately, parallel oh. to the song, in that sense that A Prayer for the Loud was a, a, a one-liner that I had in mind, mm-hmm. uh, 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 totally disconnected to uh, the song first. And that was uh, because I just loved the thought of people who dare speak their mind, people who dare bring the party to the party, mm-hmm. people who dare show themselves, people who are not afraid of... Uh, People who don't hide, people who don't, you know, uh, lie, people who don't, people that show themselves. That was like a main thing for me. I, you know, a heightened sense of communication. I think you have some kind of, uh, you need to show people who you are and where you are. So that's like the idea behind a prayer for the loud is for those who shout and those who show themselves, we love you. Okay. But the song itself, of course, was very blues inspired uh, in the verses. So uh, I had this feeling, this thing about the Church of Blues, where where you take where you take a rock concert as a congregation, as a rock, a rock concert, as 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 something where everybody participates uh, for what they believe in. So it was like the Church of Blues is a rock concert, and we love the guys who sing along. We, we love the guys that clap along. We love the guys that participate. So that's what the song is about. So the song is about what we do daily. <laughs> that's so such, yeah, such a cool concept. Uh, yeah. And I need to ask you about your voice because uh, in my review I said that on the title track you sound like a whiskey drinker and a Marlboro smoker. But I mean yeah. that in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Do you still drink and smoke and how do you manage to preserve no, your no, voice? No, no, no. Uh, no, I don't smoke anymore. I, what I do love is, is the cannabis CBD oil. That, but that's a whole other story. Right. <laughs> Yeah. No, but uh, in being able to sing like your idol, being able to be, to be able to sing like Bon Scott or, or Brian Johnson or, or those guys, that's been always been my goal. And I'm not there yet, but I like to do about it is keep on, keep it on, keep it on. You suddenly find out that you've reached some kind of a, a goal or some kind of level where 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 you can where you can sing like this like every day every day I can sing sixteen concerts in a row wow. and not lose my voice because because I found out exactly how to use it mm-hmm. so uh, for that I'm really thankful because I mean that, I mean I used my voice and 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 it has to be rock and roll and I have to sing over the you know on top of the guitars. 
Yeah, and there are songs on the album where you sound like Steven Tyler a little bit, but with a little bit more grit, yeah. almost like a Bon Scott kind of thing that you refer to yeah. right now. Yeah. Are those guys, is Steven Tyler an influence on you? You just mentioned Bon, of course. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I think that uh, that he's crazy enough for me to respect him totally. And I think that there's a lot of, um, um, I mean, it's, to, I mean, I'm, I'm rounded off by the blues. The blues has been, with me ever since I first listened to my first rock and roll song. And I think that these guys that you mentioned are blues singers, are people that sing some kind of bastard blues rock. And that's and that's why I feel that that's my shelf. That's why I am. And uh, I mean, nobody beats a voice like John Fogarty. Nobody beats a voice like Steven Tyler. But it's still one of the blueprints for how wrong road should be. It's like Little Richard is like the first, the blueprint for everything. So, and, and the rest of us are just trying to follow. Right. And another song which definitely carries the DAD, uh, DNA is The Sky is Made of Blues. What's the meaning of that one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very, a very simple uh, meaning in the sense that it's, uh, if you have some troubles, uh, sleep, sleep on it. It's, you have to sleep on it because... Uh, you really can talk yourself down if you do it at night when you're tired and everything's dark around you. So, well, it's it's, it's important to sleep on it. Do your take your do what you need to do in in the day in the daytime because that's where you know exactly what's up and down. So it's just uh, you know people having a, a slight paranoia attack before they go to bed. It's okay. Sleep on it. It's gonna be all right. Just like my dad used to say, the pillow is a very bad advisor. Forget about it. Sleep on it and deal with yeah. it in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> okay, I'm going to remember that. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Take note. Take note. <laughs> well, in, uh, well. <laughs> yeah, in my review, I called uh, Musical Chairs the bastard son of ACDC and Guns N' Roses. Do you think I'm writing that comparison mm. or not? Definitely, but I also think that you should remember there's a little bit of uh, Van Halen in there as well. Right. So it's, yeah. it's, it's everything we love in one song. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> Can I ask you about uh, also If the World Just? I think it's an amazing ballad that escapes the usual cliches of the genre. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think yeah, it's, okay. it's been I'll a long time. You. It's been a long time since I heard a rock ballad that caught my attention, to be honest. So uh, talk a little bit about yeah, that yeah. one if you can. Yeah. Okay, this is a song that's personal for me. To me, I think it's very important. It's 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 something that goes parallel with prayer, a prayer to the, for the loud. It's a it's a song that speaks about uh, try to be active in your life and try to reach out of yourself. Do not just hide hide uh, with your own problems. Uh, share yourself and show yourself yourself because that it, when you show yourself, you can feel. What's what's a lie and what's the truth? It's only when you say it out loud that you know what what you're actually feeling. So that's a, a song about uh, please open up, please don't uh, you know just stay inside of your head. And what a way to end an album, and I love that track, love it. <laughs> and uh, what I notice about your sound is that you have like a a natural grit and rawness since the beginning that uh, so many younger bands try to attain but end up sounding a bit fake. I'm referring to, of course, like these new guys like Greta Van Fleet, for example. What are your thoughts on that, on the, yeah. this new generation that tries to allude to that sound? 
I think that they are innocent, first of all. I think they're just innocent rock fans. And I think that uh, all rock bands are at one point guilty in um, trying to uh, copy the energy of what did happen in the 70s. I think that all of us are very inspired by the 70s on a daily basis because I think that's where rock came into its own. Um, a band like Red and Fleet, I mean, I think they're so... But it's like the X Factor generation. It's like they're so perfect that uh, it's hard to uh, relate in a way. They're, they're doing it so well right. that it's hard to maybe relate because it's like there's no cracks in, the, in that perfect uh, sound scape or so so it's like i think it's great for the young people i think it's great that people get to experience the raw nerve of rock in a new setting Mm -hmm. so i'm for it i'm all for it right and let me ask you one thing what's it like to have a brother in the band does that help or harm with the decision making process and the plans that you guys make it's it's probably in the long run, um, a little harmful in the sense that we have to treat each other as band members and not as brothers. Oh. So the whole family part of it goes out the window uh, in, in order to, um, to for, for all four of us to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. It's, it's really a great thing on another level, and that is that we get to share uh, hold our whole lives together, so we really are a witness to each other's lives. So, uh, and that's, uh, and also, it's like we acknowledge um, the, our past wordlessly, and we use our past, yeah, in a creative way. And and I think that's, uh, I think that's a gift to be able to to share so much of life together. Uh, but also, it uh, it takes away the, the the normal family values actually because we need to be in a band more than be to be brothers. I see, I see. And I couldn't interview without asking you about touring with Ozzy in the early nineties. You must have had some crazy stories <laughs> to tell. What was that like? Man? Okay, there's a lot of crazy stories. Uh, but the first thing I need to say is that he is a very sweet guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he. There's a reason he's where he's at because he really cares about the fans. He cares about what he's doing, and um, he uses himself as an instrument uh, uh, to bring joy. And that's and that's what you should aspire to. That's the only thing you should do. But of course, he's crazy. Of course, <laughs> he's very funny to look at on stage. And of course, there were small features of uh, of um, uh, vaginas and penises in his oxygen tent. <laughs> and of course, uh, showed up on time and all that stuff. <laughs> right. But uh, but we had some good chats with him, and he was supportive. But also in his own world, his own little uh, uh, drug-induced uh, world. Mm. And but but what I took from those dates with Ozzy was that he really cares about the fans, and he's really uh, he's really um, focused on giving people a good experience every time. So, I mean, his work ethics was the, was the stuff that blew me away most, actually. Right. That's cool to hear because everyone tries to explore his crazy side and the crazy stuff that he does and says, but, uh, you know, it's good to know that there's a heart <laughs> underneath all that. Right? Okay. Yeah. And, and you feel that, in, 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 I mean, straight away you feel it. So uh, mm-hmm. that was a, a great experience. 
That's cool. And some friends of mine from Brazil remember you guys playing a one-off show in Rio a few years ago. And apparently yeah. that was organized yeah. by the Danish consulate. Is that true? That's right. That's right, yeah. How did that come about? Was it a close concert? This guy, he needed... He, there was some kind of a Danish export thing going on. Oh. So they needed some Danish music to support the whole thing. Okay. And then they called us, and of course we said, yes! <laughs> <laughs> as long as we get a, a hotel close to Copacabana, then uh, <laughs> it's, it's perfect. And, and, of, and, and we enjoyed it so much. And it's, it's a shame we haven't been back there since. But, but uh, I mean, just to be there, we were there during the carnival. So it was, it was just lovely. Oh, man. That's where I'm from, by the way. And, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I was thinking maybe you were Portuguese, but that's, of course, just the language. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, well, I saw that a few shows have already been announced, and primarily you tour Scandinavia. Was there a yeah. point in your career where you wanted to explore different markets, or that never came about? Or oh yes, we've. I mean, and we have been out there in many places. And this, this a couple of years ago, we were in Asia. A couple of years before that, we were actually doing a small tour of the states. And then, I mean, we we are trying to do as much as possible, but I mean, we are very much a European band. There's no money in, in, in for us in, in touring the States, but there's um, there's a lot of fans from the old days, and it will be definitely worthwhile doing it, and we are so much plan, planning to do it uh, in 2020, and, uh, and we hope that it's going to end up like that. But, I mean, we, we just play. We play for the people who calls us, who wants to hear us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where... Uh, Life has brought us. I mean, we're just happy to get the call. Yeah, you did a few cruises in North America as well, right? Uh, yeah, what were they yeah. like? I mean, it's a funny, bizarre way of uh, <laughs> of uh, enjoying rock music. I must say, it's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, people are sweet, but it's also a holiday, so it's like everybody's relaxing, and it's. Uh, I mean, it's a great way to see a whole lot, a whole kind of, uh, bunch of bands, but it's also. Um, it's a little bit for people our age. I mean, I you have to be in the 40s or 50s in order to have that much money. And then, you know, you know when you have a holiday and stuff like that. So it's it's like uh, an old version of, uh, of a rock festival. And, um, <laughs> and we enjoyed it very much, but it's very bizarre. It's like, I mean, a cruise ship. It's like a tr- tr- Trump Tower in, right. in the waters. And then it's like, I don't know, it's funny. But, yeah. I, I mean... There's a buffet, all you know, 24-hour buffet. So um, I'm happy. <laughs> I, I am yet to go on a cruise like that, man. That's that's yeah. one of my life goals, but I haven't had the opportunity yet. No, I mean it's expensive, also. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, of course, cruises are expensive, but I must say that I had a tremendous experience on the on the 70,000 tons of metal cruise, where we were watching Behemoth, you know, the P- Polish death metal. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, play. In the middle of the night, in, in in rough seas, it was it was like getting visited a visit from the devil. It was a perfect concert. <laughs> I mean, it really was a big experience. So that's funny to listen to that kind of devil music in, while in the, the boat is rocking. Yeah, in the middle of the, of nowhere, in the middle yeah, of the ocean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope the new album manages to open a few doors for you in Canada and the U.S. because I'd love to see you guys here eventually. Um, Definitely, we will be so. I mean, we once recorded uh, uh, and, and a whole album. Uh, the Herbie Selfish album was recorded in um, 
just outside of not Toronto, but uh, oh, shit, forgot. Why did I forget? No, no, the other on the on the east coast. Uh, Montreal. Montreal, on, just outside Montreal. Yeah. Okay. Was it Le <laughs> Studio so or? Yeah, exactly. Le Studio. Oh, cool. Exactly. Man, a, a lot of the classic Rush albums were recorded there. The Police recorded there. Exactly. That's an iconic studio. Oh, it really is. I mean, we enjoyed it so much. We were so happy and blessed to be there. And of course, we went to Montreal, went to Chinatown, and had a great time mm -hmm. in Montreal as well. So we really hoped. I mean, uh, uh, for a European guy, it's uh, the it's the best kind of the kind of America. That's definitely Canada. Yeah, there's still some history here, and not, not <laughs> yeah, everything is plastic, exactly. right? Yeah. Yeah, and not everything, and, and it's not all Americans. There's yeah. no there's no Americans. Yeah, I know. That's great. I know. Well, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, man. I hope I can see you here, play here in Toronto one day, right? But uh, we are Definitely. wrapping up now. Thank you. So thank you so much for your time, and we, well, I hope to see you down the road, Jasper. Thank you so much. Thanks for, for good chat. Thanks. Take okay, care. Okay, I hope man. to see you. Yeah. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this interview with Jesper from DAD. And if you enjoyed this one, please show some love and follow Sonic Perspectives on the usual social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And of course, leave us a comment and share this interview if you want. Once again, I'm Rodrigo Otaf, and I'll leave you now with the title track of DAD's new album, A Prayer for the Loud. Take care and rock on. Yeah.